Thank you so much. Well, it is so good to be together. Big hello and a big hello. Let's welcome everyone joining us online as well. So glad that you are here with us today too. And it is my joy to be continuing this radical community series that we're in, looking at Romans chapter 12 in the Bible. Last week, we began seeing how in view of God's mercy, we are transformed people who offer our whole lives as living sacrifices within the context of church family, radical community together. And today we're going to see that if we're really going to increasingly live as this radical community that God has designed us to be together, then actually we're designed to function a little bit like a team, you might think. Now you might be part of many different kinds of teams. Perhaps you think of your family as a team, or maybe you're in work teams, or serving teams in the life of the church, maybe sports teams. Uh, For me, one of the teams I'm part of, which I love being a part of, is my netball team. You're going to see a photo of us. Here we are smiling in sheet rain, uh, but don't be fooled, that was taken just after a spectacular loss. And that's really saying something because I actually love being part of this team even more than I love winning. Uh, So God is doing a work, uh, but thankfully we do win together sometimes as well. You know, I've been playing netball since I was a child, about seven years old when I started. And I love netball, but of the seven positions there are, okay, there are two that I particularly love playing in. Uh, And they are the shooting positions. Because now, one thing you may or may not know about me is that I love to achieve, I love winning, uh, and I also function pretty well under pressure. So actually the feeling of being able to score or assist a goal is just immense. There's nothing quite like it for me. But you know, you don't need to know much about the rules of netball, don't worry, Uh, in order to know that if I was the only player on court in a netball team, it would be disastrous. I would be completely thrashed in the game because it would be impossible for me to win by myself a game that is designed to be played as a team. In fact, if that had been my experience of netball when I got started, how many of you know, I don't think I would be playing netball still today. I probably would have quit when I was seven years old. But that didn't happen, and the reason is because when I come to play netball, I come as part of a team, a team of people who've got different skills and abilities, a different kind of way of expressing their passion for the game, but we come equally passionate, equally united in our desire to use our skills and abilities and our preferred positions to play together as a united team where none of us are the star. It doesn't matter who's blocking and defending, who's scoring the goals. We're a team and we play to win together. And when we function like that, committed to our interdependence as a team, that is when we play like we're meant to. And you know, the same can be true for us because I don't think the Apostle Paul himself, I've looked at commentaries, there's no evidence theologically to suggest that he was an avid netball player, okay? But I think he was getting at something similar in Romans chapter 12 and the section that we're going to focus on today because he's talking to us as a church as though we're a team, people who are designed to function together. We're going to look at this truth today that a radical community is a gifted, servant-hearted community. Now we're going to look at Romans chapter 12, verses 3 to 8 together. I just want to read these. You can follow along on the screen or if you've got a Bible with you as well. It says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, 
Well, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is to te- teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, lead diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Paul's saying here, we each have different gifts. Just like in my netball team, there are different gifts and abilities. But as the church, all of our gifts are designed to be used together to serve one another in humility and sober judgment about ourselves, but with a heart of we're in it together. And he uses the picture of the human body rather than his netball team. And this picture of the human body is one he often uses throughout his letters when he talks about gifts in service of one another. It's the idea that Jesus Christ himself is the head and we're the body with many members, many parts designed to function together in service of one another and of the Lord himself. And I want to celebrate the fact that here in Kingsgate, across our online and our in-person campuses, we have hundreds and hundreds of people in this body who are incredibly gifted, passionate, people with faithfulness and servant-hearted attitudes, people who are often serving in ways that many of us don't and will never see, but we absolutely benefit from. You know, there are people who are serving out in our communities, blessing our cities and regions, going in our name as a church family to represent us and to represent King Jesus and his love for people around us. Why don't we just take a moment for everyone who serves across all our ministries, pastorally in our teams, our staff volunteers, our community action projects, people playing your part. Why don't we just give it up? Let's show our appreciation. Thank you so much. You are amazing. You know, for us as a whole church, if we're going to continue growing in our radical expression of community life together, then there are a couple of hallmarks for us to continue working together for, to be a community where we all discover and develop our gifts and to be a community where we all play our parts. Firstly, that we would increasingly be a community where we all discover and develop our gifts. Now, Paul says, did you catch it in Romans chapter 12, verse 6? We have different gifts. But of course, the implication and the assumption is, well, if we've got different gifts, then we've got gifts at least. I want to say to you today, you have gifts. There is a a unique combination of skills, of passion, of abilities, of life experiences, and a passion and a heart you have that is unique to you. No one else in this church family has it, and no one else on planet Earth has that combination either. As Paul goes on in Romans chapter 12, he he lists a number of examples of gifts that are given within the body, the church. Gifts that you may have been given, and if you've been given them, it's with the purpose of using them to serve the rest of the body. He says, if your gift is prophesying, if it is serving, if it is teaching, if it is to encourage, if it is giving, if it is to lead, if it is to show mercy... And that's not an exhaustive list because elsewhere in a number of Paul's letters, he writes about other gifts. He includes things like the gift of faith or healing, of helping, of advice, of wisdom, of guidance, tongues, interpretation. And he talks elsewhere about people who are gifted as apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers. And then elsewhere, outside of Paul's letters, 1 Peter chapter 4, we have this summary of the types of gifts, a broad spectrum of gifts summarised by Peter as those who are gifted 
to speak and those who are gifted to serve. You might be thinking, Gally, that's a lot of gifts. How do I know which ones mine are? Well, it's a good question to ask. And the reality is that my experience has been that discovering and developing our gifts is a journey. I've seen this play out in other people's lives as well. It's a discovery journey from discovering just I've got a heart to serve and then moving as we develop our gifts into serving where our heart is. So today, you might be listening as someone who's fairly confident already in what your gifts are, and that is amazing. But I want to say to you today, God is so good that he still has more to show you about what he's put in you and why he's put it there and how you can use it to bless others through you. Or you might be hearing, actually, this whole idea that I've got gifts, what? That's cool. How do I get them and how do I use them? That might be quite new to you. Or even you might still just be checking out the Christian faith. In which case, we're so glad you're here. And I would love to offer an opportunity to you at the end of this service to receive the very best gift of all, Jesus. You know, once upon a time, I did not know that there was a God in heaven who loves me, a Father who formed me on purpose, with a purpose, and had a plan for my life to bring out the gold that he'd made in me and wanted to use it actually to make gold in other people. But the truth, that's true for you today as well. And so I'd love to give you an opportunity at the end of this service. If you've never received God's very best gift of all, Jesus Christ himself into your life and a new start with him, I'd love to pray with you at the close of this message. But you know, the reality is for all of us, if you're not already, I want to encourage you today just to start serving actually, wherever, however, whenever, and in whatever way you can. I remember the first summer when I invited Jesus into my life when I was a teenager, and I was just so overjoyed. I could not believe the way that he had transformed and was changing my life still. I was so in awe of the fact that I get to be a part of this church family where he was continuing to heal and make me whole. And so when I heard that there was a need uh, just for some people to start serving, I was all in. And so the first serving team that I joined that summer was handing out snacks after a Sunday service. And I thought it was the biggest privilege of all. I could not believe that I got to do it. You know, after that, I managed to say yes to a few other things because I had a whole summer and I couldn't believe I got to do it. So I just kept saying yes to all these needs that I kept hearing about to serve other people in and through our church family. And I got my friends involved as well. And we just had so much fun serving together. It started that summer and continued for years and years and years to come. Still today, you know, just saying yes to needs. That summer, uh, we heard that there was a need for some kids workers down in Cambridge because we were planting our Kingsgate Cambridge campus there launching into the city. And so we said, all right, well, we can revise for our GCSE in biology on the bus to Cambridge and back. So we're in, count us in. And then we heard that there was a need for some more group leaders in our youth ministry, which we were part of. And so we said, well, you could train us up. We're in, we'll do it. And then I heard that there was a need for a staff volunteer as well on some teams with the staff team. And so I just said, yeah, around my studies, part-time work, I'm in, count me in. Over time, do you know what happened through those various roles? What happened was I began to discover things that I was passionate about. I discovered a love, a deep love for serving our church family. I developed a deep sense of purpose in and through serving and an awareness of the gifts and the way that I could grow what God had given me as a steward of what he'd put on the inside of me. It all began when I just said yes to handing out some snacks on a Sunday after a service. 
We could be tempted to think of that kind of serving as small or inconsequential, but the reality is, and this is what Paul's reminding us of with his lists, there is no such thing as small serving in the body of Christ. Every part matters and impacts the whole. So if you've not yet got started somewhere, I wanna say to you, there is so much joy to be found in serving one another. So just get started, just jump in and begin the adventure of a lifetime. So then once we get started, my experience has been that as we keep on saying yes, as we join teams, as we accept the rotor slots, as we show up when we're tired, when we just keep saying yes to the serving thing, which may sometimes mean saying no to other things, it's through that process that God has de- can develop the things that he's placed on the inside of us. And there are a couple of key ways we can grow in this. We can ask God to develop us and we can ask others for some help with developing what God has given us as well. We can ask God because God made you on purpose for a purpose. Nothing about you is accidental. Even the things that you consider broken, the things you would describe as ashes, well, the Bible makes it very clear that he makes beauty from ashes and there is purpose out of the places of pain. And so I wanna say to you, if you're not sure where to get started or what God's put on the inside of you or how to keep on developing and growing, Ask the God who made you because he knows. And there is a reason that you are part of this church family at this time in history, at this present day, because God knows there is something in you that we all need and there is something among us that you need too. So let's begin by asking God. And maybe if you're already serving, go back to God again. Let's ask God again. We're gonna have an opportunity to at the close of this message as well. I can also say, I can't tell you how many times over the years that it's been when I've asked others or received feedback from others that I've developed and grown. Um, I consider it a kindness, and you should too, that a very good friend in church once uh, encouraged me because I had some background in drama when I was in school. um, And they said to me, you'd be great as Mary at Christmas, um, but only as long as Mary doesn't sing. You, You shouldn't play Mary if she's singing. That is a kindness from a friend. But more seriously, from friends who, when we were teens, just said, will you help us develop a love for the Bible, Gallia? We don't know where to start. To the person who spoke leadership into my life before I was knowingly leading a single thing. Uh, To the person who encouraged me to step out of my comfort zone in a lifestyle of generosity with my time, talent, and treasure. It's been the voices of other people time and time and time again that has helped to develop the things that God has placed on the inside of me and brought them right up to the surface so that they can be of benefit to other people around me. Get started and then ask for some feedback as soon as you do. You know, if you're already part of a team, why don't you just ask someone who you serve with, who knows you well, what what is it that I bring that's unique? What they see in you may just unlock something that you've been playing down, but God wants to release for the benefit of other people to a greater measure. Or maybe uh, you could ask some people who really know you well, is there anything that I'm just not activating yet? Let people speak into your life, give feedback as you ask others and use that to develop what God has placed on the inside of you because he is not done with us, amen? So radical community, one where we all discover and develop our gifts. But that's not the end goal of knowing our gifts. What what good is that if we're not actually going to use them? And so we are also designed to be a community where we all play our parts. I love how Paul follows up each mention of a gift in Romans chapter 12. He says, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy according to your faith. If it is serving, then serve. 
If it is teaching, I wonder if we're getting it yet, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. It's like the gifts are different, but the responsibility of the gifted is the same. You have gifts, use them. Whatever part of the body you play, play your part. You know, for Paul, a church where few people do most of the things would have made absolutely no sense to him. Sometimes we see that in our Western individual world, but that was not what Paul was thinking of and that was not what he was writing to and that is not who we're called to be or to become. And so I celebrate the fact that in the life of this church, we have people using and activating our gifts as we play our parts together. And I wanna take a moment here to affirm and celebrate those of you who are discovering and developing your gifts and playing your part as a representative of Jesus in spaces beyond the life of the local church, in your workplaces, as kingdom ambassadors, representing who Jesus is to a world who doesn't yet know him as you use your gifts. I wanna honour you and just say, well done, keep on. Don't lose heart, keep on using those gifts to reflect the one who is the giver himself. Amen? And so I also love uh, the sense we get though that that's, that's, that is good and we do want to honour that. But also I don't want to have any kind of sense that we consider that representing Jesus beyond the church as separate to this, serving one another, or this separate to that. Because there are things and skills that we can develop, hearts, passions that we might find beyond the church, which we absolutely can use to bless one another as well. And beyond that, I love the sense we get from Paul, uh, that as we serve one another, it's not about having an attitude where we just do the bare minimum. And I love that this is in our church as well. This is not a bare minimum kind of culture that we have at all. Paul says, give generously, lead diligently, show mercy cheerfully. Now, some of those might be a word for us today. And I just wanna touch on one of them where he says, give generously. You know, we don't have to have a gift of giving in order to give. Giving is part of our obedience and our worship to the Lord, bringing the first and the best, 10%, the tithe, back to him. It's the storehouse of the local church where it can be multiplied and used to serve and bless one another way beyond what each of us could do individually. But for some of you, you may know or you may discover that you have a gift of giving like Paul's talking about here. You might know that you love to release resource, funneling financial resource specifically to bless other people, to meet needs and to serve people way beyond yourself. Well, I would encourage you like Paul does, Give generously and see what God would do through you and experience the joy of using that gift and seeing it multiply. For leaders as well, how many of you uh, would agree, whichever campus you're part of, we have some amazing leaders in the house, don't we? People who lead diligently, serving week in, week out, leading groups, leading teams, serving in our communities. We have hundreds of leaders who do so so diligently. And because of what you do, we don't have a bare minimum culture. We have this kind of above and beyond culture. I just want to take a moment. Let's honour and thank all of our leaders, volunteering time and your leadership capability across the life of the church. Let's give it up for leaders. Whatever your gift is, whatever it is that God has placed on the inside of you, let's use it. Let's continue to be this kind of above and beyond people when it comes to playing our parts, whatever our parts may be. So it would be all well and good, wouldn't it? Us having an idea of what our gifts are, 
but what a tragedy to never use them. It's like, what's the point of even knowing in the first place? A couple of years ago, I was given a gift voucher for a restaurant. It wasn't my birthday or anything, uh, just a gift given from the kindness and generosity of someone who knows me and loves me. And I was so grateful and so excited to use this gift because it was of quite a high value and I knew that I'd be able to bless some other friends, take some other people out for dinner on this gift voucher with me. And so, of course, I put the gift voucher away for safekeeping in a safe place. And then month after month passed by and I didn't use the gift voucher yet. But every time I'd walk past the restaurant or every time someone else would mention that they'd been there, I'd feel this pang of guilt and then this wave of motivation of, oh, I must do something about that. I must, I must use that gift voucher. And so at long last, a few weeks ago, uh, I decided it was high time to use my gift voucher. But the only problem was... It had been so long since I'd used it that I couldn't remember how much was on it. So I thought, before I invite a world full of friends out to dinner with me, I should probably just check the value of this again. And went online, typed in the details, only to be met with an error message that said, your gift no longer exists. Yeah, it had expired. And I was so gutted. Even though I'd been so careful with the gift voucher, by not activating it, I'd been really careless with the gift. And I wonder how many of us identify with that when it comes to using our God-given gifts to serve one another in and through the church. Maybe hearing a message like this is the equivalent of when I would hear a friend mention that restaurant or I'd see it on my social media feeds and you get that pang of guilt, don't you? Maybe that's what you're feeling right now. And then your heart's beating a bit fast. You think, I'm gonna do something about it. And then as soon as uh, that thought passes, so too has the motivation. Well, by God's grace today, you are not receiving the error message that I got when I checked the amount on my gift voucher. Your gift does exist and it is time to activate it today. You may not be in a season of life where you can use so much of your time. You might already be serving in a number of ways, caring for young families or aging relatives, people who are unwell, or you may yourself be facing health challenges right now. But I wanna break any sense of misplaced guilt you might be feeling today. And I want to encourage you that there is something in you that you can still use. Maybe you already are in those contexts. And maybe it's in the body, the church, where you can play your part still. Maybe you can serve by praying. It is vital that we have people who pray. Or maybe you've got a gift of encouragement. You've got a talent for building other people up. Well, Paul would say to you, then give encouragement. And that's your way of serving in this season. I'm blessed week in, week out on Sundays by a lady who's facing ongoing long-term health challenges in our church family. And so those challenges mean she's not able to serve on a team that she's part of and loves, has been serving uh, serving with for many years. But every Sunday when I come in, she gives a warm hello, a warm smile, just fills me, lifts me again, whatever the morning's face to that point. I always see her talking with other team members, popping in to bring cake for the team during the week to encourage and bless. She's always sharing encouraging words and I'm encouraged as a result because even while she can't play her part in the way that she loves to by serving where her heart is, she still has a heart to serve and she's still cultivating it by using her gift of encouragement. Whatever season of life you're in, I wanna encourage you, God is not limited by the limitations that you may be facing right now. And so I, I would encourage you, look up to him again and ask, God, fill me afresh in order to use what you've placed on the inside of me. Thank you that I may not be able to do it all, but I can do something. Release me and activate me afresh, I pray. And my prayer is that you will receive new life on you in your serving today and from this day forward. With that gift voucher that I was given, I was given something so generously 
that was designed to also benefit other people through me. And the same is true for you when it comes to the gifts that God has given you, whatever season of life you may be in. So for all of us, to truly and increasingly live up into the vision of radical community that Paul's laying out here in Romans 12, then it is essential that we all decide and activate the parts that we can play. Just for a moment, let's just imagine, would we, what this church family would look like. Imagine the impact through us on our neighbourhoods, our cities, our regions, the nations and beyond if we were to all cash in and to use what God has given us in order to benefit other people to a new level. And so there's an invitation for us all today, an invitation whether discovering and using our gifts is a newer concept or if it's something we've been practising for years and years and years. There's an invitation to humble ourselves, to service to the Lord again, to one another, to commit to continually discovering and developing our gifts and to make a fresh commitment to play our parts. And in doing so, the promise is we will increasingly become the radical community that we are designed to be in this world. So wherever we are, we're going to respond together now. Why don't we stand if you're able? I wanna take a moment, like I promised, for all of us here and those of you with us online, if you've never received the best gift of all, new life, fresh hope through Jesus Christ, I wanna give you an opportunity to receive him into your life today. It's as simple as saying yes to him, as simple as an invitation in. So just here in the room, why don't we close our eyes, bow our heads. I just wanna give this as a moment between you and the Lord. What I'm going to ask you to do in a moment is just to give me a little wave, raise your hand if you'd like me to include you in this prayer that I'm going to pray and you'll just be able to repeat a phrase at a time where you are. Online, you can join in with this too. I would just love to know who I'm praying with. So if you wanna receive Jesus into your life today, receive new life, forgiveness from the past, freedom today in the present, hope for tomorrow, and all eternity. Just give me a little wave so I know who I'm praying with. Thank you so much. Was the church, let's all join in this prayer. I'm gonna lead us a phrase at a time as we pray. And if this today is your first time inviting Jesus in, or maybe you've invited Him into your life before, but you wanna give your life back to Him today. You know you've not been walking in His plans and purposes for your life. You can pray this from the bottom of your heart. Let's all join in together. Father God, thank You that You love me. Thank You that because of Jesus, because of His life, death and resurrection, thank You I can receive the best gift of all. So I welcome You today, Jesus. Please forgive me for everything I've done wrong Come into my life, make me brand new. Fill me with your spirit. Show me who you are and show me who I am. I receive this gift today. In Jesus' Name, Amen. 
Amen. And if you prayed that prayer, we'll give you some instructions at the end of the service so we can help you grow and keep on this journey, getting to know Jesus and discovering who He's made you to be and what He's made you for as well. But for all of us, there is a response for all of us today. And today it may be that as you've heard this, you're like, yeah, I know what my gifts are. I've actually been serving in ways that utilises my gifts for a while, maybe a really long time. I believe God wants to give you His heart for those areas again. He wants to restore to you a heart to serve. Or it may be that you've actually not got started, but today this isn't gonna be like the message you hear that you then forget about. This isn't gonna be the gift voucher that you never activate. Today's actually the day when you're gonna take God at His Word and see what He will do through you as you use the gifts He's given you. Maybe today you're gonna find out He wants to show you a gift you've got, some way that He's made you that you can use to bless others. And so I'd like to invite you, if, if you'd like to be included in this prayer, I'm gonna ask God to search us and know us, show Himself to us. Just place your hand on your heart with me. Father, we thank You that You made us with a purpose. Thank You that as members of one body who belong to one another, You want to restore to us a heart to serve again. Father, for every person who's tired or weary, pray the refreshing of Your Holy Spirit to come right now, where it's just become about saying yes, without the joy of saying yes. Restore the joy of their salvation again in order to serve in that strength. Father, thank You that because You made us, You know us inside and out. You know what You've given us for the good of one another. So even now, Holy Spirit, would You speak, whisper words of encouragement Speak to your people, reveal our gifts to us afresh. Break any sense of guilt. We pray from this day forward, we'll be a people who activate the things that you've placed on the inside of us. We say we wanna activate these gifts, not for our good or for our glory, but Jesus for yours, for the good of those around us. So we offer our whole selves back to You. We're gonna worship in a moment, declare that Jesus is worthy of everything, that we live for Him, that our lives, we recognise again today, our lives are designed to be of benefit for one another. Let's continue to invite His Holy Spirit to minister to us. Let's worship Him.